Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. We came up with a whole list of I forget how many people that uh, were touched with healing over the weekend. And John or not particularly functions in that as well as he just is a great fatherly uh, teacher and taught a lot of the principles of healing. I'm going to give you a theology, if you will, of healing. There's the correct address if you want to pull it up on the internet for my notes. Healing now. Bitly dot uh, slash uh, uh, healing now. Um, <clears throat> but before I do that, I want to do a little bit of an illustration uh, uh, just to... Uh, um, there we go. Oops, there we go. A little illustration, hopefully, to get your mind thinking differently, okay? Because healing, we've had some great testimonies of healing, but it's kind of hard to believe that simply walking up to somebody and saying something over them is going to bring about a, a, a change in their body, right? And, and how many know people that don't believe in miracle, miracles today? Right, we all we know people that uh, and good good Christians, let alone non Christians, but Christians, uh, actually teach <clears throat> that uh, you know miracles were just for the uh, early church and they don't happen today. And so um, I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know because up until uh, a few months ago nobody knew this. <clears throat> they just proven it. And so maybe you came across it on the internet like I did, um, <clears throat> but uh, it, it, even uh, a year ago, if you'd proposed this, they would have said you were crazy. All right. And so this doesn't directly have to do with healing, but it's something that that may, you may find hard to believe, just like it, sometimes we find it hard to believe that God can heal our bodies. All right. So this is what an egg. All right. Now, <clears throat> if someone were to say that simply by uh, saying or singing something to this egg, I could change um, what was growing inside of it, most people would say, you're nuts, right? That <clears throat> regardless of what I say, it's still going to be an egg, right? Agree? Yeah. I should have had a towel. How about tissue? There's tissues right here. There's what tissue right there. So, so if I took an egg and just sang to it, do you think it would change inside? That's crazy, isn't it? That'd be a ridiculous idea. That if I just sang a special, maybe, maybe hum a certain note. I can't sing very well. Be changed, egg. Be changed, eh? Do you think it's going to change? Think it's going to change? Probably not. Probably not. Hey, you ready? Catch. Ready? <laughs> That's a hard boiled egg. <laughs> All right, the reason I did that is because they just found out this little bird called a zebra finch, which is just like a little sparrow, we call them around here. Um, <clears throat> they sing to their eggs. Right, And what the scientists discovered was that when the temperatures are increasingly hot, uh, they changed their song. The song was different. All right? 
And they've, they found out that when a mother uh, bird sings a different song to the unhatched egg, that chick, once it's hatched, if it sings this particular song, has a greater likelihood of surviving the hotter summer than if it doesn't sing that song. Yeah. And so the egg was already hatched. Laid. Laid. The egg was already laid. Sorry, not hatched. And the mother bird was singing a different song. And what would have caused those chicks to die, something happened simply because of what the birds sang enabled these birds to have a higher survival rate. More of them lived, even though the temperatures were higher. Now, scientists don't know how. They don't know how that works. All they've done is that they've, now they've proven, this was in the Smithsonian, you can look up, read the whole article, smithsonianmag.com, uh, or you just Google it, it's all over the internet, because this is an astounding scientific discovery that the bird singing over its eggs changes the likely death and life, the life of the chick. Now, God's word says death and life are in the power of the... Ha! Ah. Ah. So if this is true about a bird and bird song that changes the ability of a bird to survive once it's hatched, how much true might it be of a human? How much more likely might it be if we're actually saying something God tells us to say that will produce a different result in someone's body? Does that make sense? All right. So if you'd suggested that idea of, well, if you sing a different song, birds are more likely to survive it, they'd go, no, you're crazy. That bird is already uh, laid. The DNA is there. How much more can we be affected? You know, uh, there's so many implications of this story, so I could talk about it for a lot. But I just wanted to get our minds like, well, something that seems impossible isn't impossible once uh, a scientist says, "Oh, this is oh, we've proven it." And I'll, you know, but let me tell you, the same thing uh, uh, with healing. All right, uh, supernatural healing is for today. All right. Now, just because you or everyone you know or even the entire world hasn't seen something doesn't mean it's possible. And the example of that is like that bird. Uh, and I constantly come across articles uh, in, in magazines and online that I read where scientists have to rewrite the textbooks because they've discovered something new that they didn't know that changes how they understand the universe. All right. Uh, literally uh, 10, uh, 15 years ago, the whole thing of dark energy and dark matter was was uh, was basically ignored. No one knew about it. And now they say 90 to 99 percent of the substance of the universe is this stuff called dark matter and dark energy that they they haven't even proven existed yet. I mean, they haven't they haven't they can't show you it. Uh, <laughs> but now, like it's like it fills the universe. And so just because we haven't seen something or we can't under, explain it uh, uh, in, a, in a, a deep way 
doesn't mean it's not possible. It doesn't mean it's not true. In fact, we're surrounded by those things. We had a few testimonies this morning of things that would seem impossible, but they happened. <clears throat> Our beliefs are not to be based on what we've seen, but rather on God's word. All right, and Second uh, Corinthians 5, 7, the ambulance drives by. Father, we just pray for whoever the ambulance is going for. Uh, uh, we pray healing, not just for the people in the room. People, not, they have that need in Jesus' name. Second uh, so Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? We believe that. All right? So we, that, what does that mean? It means that our walk, what we practice and day in day out, is not based on what we see with our natural eyes, but what we believe, what God's Word says. <clears throat> That's what we're going to base our lives on. Another uh, passage, it says the same thing. Uh, Paul's writing to the church in Corinthians. It says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. All right? And so the Bible's telling you to look at un- invisible things. Right? <laughs> right? Isn't, isn't that, that's what it just says, right? We all believe in the Bible? Yep. <clears throat> Bible's God's Word? Yep. All right? So in that sense, we're fundamentalists. We believe in the Bible. We believe what the Bible says is true. The Bible says you're supposed to be looking at invisible things. All right. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot that we can do. We base our beliefs not on what we see in the natural with our natural eyes, okay, but what we see as temp- as eternal truths. Because the natural stuff is temporary, but eternal truths, what, what God's word says, what the things of faith are eternal. Yes. All right. Uh, they're gonna last. Uh, and so that's what <clears throat> we need to uh, implement when it comes to healing. It's great when we hear a testimony of someone uh, uh, delivered from uh, a pain or a sickness. Um, but we need to have an understanding, not only so that we can answer people who say, well, I don't believe healing's for today, but so that we can answer our own doubts. It's so funny. <clears throat> Yeah, there's. I, I I really I really dislike the whole idea of updates. Um, I just wish the computer guys would figure out how to do that invisibly, right? It's just, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> okay, so what does God's word say about healing? Because we need to be able to answer our own doubts. How many have how many struggle with believing? I don't know what's going on. There's lots of uh, ambulances and a fire truck, not an emergency. Lord, be with them, bless them. Um, how many you know when you're struggling with a sickness or an ailment or a pain, you pray for healing, it doesn't happen, you know, uh, and you start to doubt yourself. Right? So you need to go back to the Word and say, well, what does God's Word say? I love what John Arnott said this past week. I don't think I've ever heard him say this. He's like, you know, if you don't believe in divine healing, if you don't believe it's God's will for you to be healed, then why are you going to the doctor to violate his will? <laughs> like, oops. If it's not God, so, so whenever you're sick, you say, well, God, if it's your will, heal me. Otherwise, I'll just go to the doctor. Well, wait a minute. No, that's violating his will. Are you hearing me? 
Right? Bottom line assumption is it's always God's will to heal. Right? And I talk, and there's a big, long talk about uh, how, well, well, what happens, why people don't get healed. And the, and the bottom line answer is we don't know. That's right. That's right? right. We really don't know. It's too complex because in every situation there's different things. Even Jesus, in some places and times, weren't, was not able to heal. Wasn't able to do many miracles in, a certain, in his hometown because nobody believed. You know, he was limited in certain places. Why? I don't know how it all works. Uh, he was able to heal dead people. So it's not just a limit of faith. Sometimes uh, people not having faith limits healing, but the people that were dead, they didn't have any faith. They were dead. And he called them back to life. So that's one element. All right, so we want to look at what God's Word says about healing briefly um, and get us thinking along these lines. One, healing continues after Jesus and the Twelve. So some people teach that healing ended when the uh, original Twelve disciples, uh, the apostles, died. There was only <clears throat> there temporarily. But uh, as we sang the song, um, what was that last song you said, God of the Miraculous? We believe in the God of miracles. You know, the, the, the whole story of the Bible is about the God who does miracles. Right. All the way, it's always the God of wonders that we worship. The God of creation, the God of deliverance when he delivered the people out of Egypt, and the Psalms declare his majestic works, right? All the miracles in the Old Testament, all the uh, prophets who did miracles, and then we have Jesus the miracle worker of all, the more miracles than any other uh, person in, in the biblical history. And then after that, we see the miracles and healings continue throughout the New Testament age. All right. And so the whole, the context, the context, okay, the story of the whole Bible is about the Bible, uh, is about the God of miracles. Right? And so in order to be a biblical Christian, you have to believe in the God of miracles. And if your God is no longer doing miracles, then you're not believing the God that's in this Bible. No matter how much you say you're a Bible-believing Christian, you got a little, you got a little kink in your theology there. Okay? And I love Bible-believing Christians that you know, may believe that there are no miracles, but I'm telling you, there is a, there's a breakdown in their theology. <laughs> All right, and uh, the basic truths are um, the healing does continue after Jesus. And uh, let's just let me give you, some, give you some verses. All right, so right from the beginning, in Acts chapter six, says Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the apostle, among the people. Was Stephen one of the apostles? He was. He was voted to be a table servant. All right. When they voted in the deacons, they were to serve food. All right? Those people were, were chosen by the congregation so that the apostles could give themselves a prayer and the word. All right? and, and, and so these guys uh, were just taking care of tables. They were serving food. And he was out doing miracles on the side. At church, he set up the tables, got the chairs ready, made sure the food was distributed. But when he was out among the people, he was doing miracles. All right, <clears throat> that's kind of interesting. And we have Acts 14, uh, actually a few years later. It says, In Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, crippled from his mother's room, womb, had never walked. This man heard Paul. Was Paul one of the twelve? 
No, he wasn't <clears throat> speaking. Paul observed him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leapt and walked. And throughout Acts, we see Paul. Paul did uh, amazing miracles to the point where uh, they would take a handkerchief that Paul touched, take it to a different city, lay it on someone that was sick, and they would get healed. All right? <clears throat> wow. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> How about later? Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Galatia. All right? Uh, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? So this wasn't Paul doing miracles. This wasn't the apostles doing miracles. This was miracles happening in the church in Galatia. All right? Which is now part of Turkey. So this is like several, this is, you know, many people removed from the original apostolic group in a whole different region. And he says, hey, and he's making it a different point. He's talking about that it's not through the law, it's through the Spirit. But to prove his point, Paul refers to the miracles that are happening. All right? <laughs> in their church. And so it was common in the early church. Uh, New Testament teaches, uh, okay, continues to teach. So in addition to examples of other people besides the apostles doing miracles, we see that the Bible teaches about healing in the context of church. And so here is Paul writing to a church about how church is supposed to happen. And he says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay? For one is given the word of wisdom. Okay, has wisdom gone away? No. No, 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 no. We keep that one. Uh, to another, the word of knowledge. Has knowledge gone away? No. No, we're going to keep that one. <clears throat> Through the same Spirit, to another faith. Do we still have faith operating in the church? Yeah, we'll keep that one. Uh, 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 to, another, to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Oh, some people, well, we're not going to take that one. Yeah, maybe not that one. Maybe, what do you think? I need healing. I'm keeping it. There's Bonnie's. Word of the Lord. Well, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it too. Because right? there's nothing in this text to say that uh, it doesn't apply for today. Whatever's happening is a big deal. <laughs> uh, nothing in this text or anywhere in the Bible. By the same Spirit, same Spirit, all these gifts. To another, the working of miracles. We keep that one or we get rid of it? Yeah, I like it. I want to see miracles. All right? and, but more than that, I can't take a Sharpie to my Bible and cross out words just because I haven't seen it happen. And this is what happened, is that for actually centuries, uh, biblical scholars didn't see it. And so they came up with a theology, a way of explaining why it doesn't happen anymore, to the point where they say it can't happen anymore because we haven't seen it happen anymore. And that's not accurate theology. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, to another prophecy, we're going to keep that, going to throw that away. I'm going to keep it. To another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, the same spirit works all these things, distributed to each one as he wills. So this is biblical ins instruction to the New Testament church, of which we are one. Yes. Okay? Still applies today. 
because that was the teaching that God provided to the church. Um, another place, and God has appointed these in the church. Here's a, another uh, summary of, of gifts. God's appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and a variety of tongues. So these are all supernatural things, uh, but they include things like teacher. We can understand teaching, and we can understand administration, okay? But the Bible describes the church. He's appointed these in the church. So all of these things should be going on in the church. This is not a sequential list, okay? If it was a sequential, in other words, first apostles, then the, then the apostles no longer uh, were about, and then prophets, and then the prophets went away. Well, then we'd be stuck with just tongues. <laughs> we wouldn't even have teaching, right? Does that make sense? So it's not a sequential, right? It may be in list of importance, but it could be just a list. It doesn't say why it's listed in that way. So if this is how the New Testament describes church, who has the right to alter it? Certainly not me. And that's why we believe that healing is for today, that prophecy is for today, that miracles are for today, whether we see them or not. Uh, so we shouldn't forbid or demean or despise the practice of these things. In fact, we should seek it out. As Paul teaches us, says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire. This is just in the following uh, verse in chapter 14, just a few chapters later than, uh, than him talking about all the gifts. He's like, listen, guys, the church needs to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, uh, passionately pursue things like healing and miracles and prophecy, but especially prophecy. Because prophecy is the speaking forth of God's word that connects with people right now, in real time, all right? <clears throat> all submitted to Scripture always, but those are the things we're to pursue. In addition, the Bible gives instructions about healing and miracles and expects it to be part of church life, right? If so, if it was to end, then we'd have a whole bunch of Bible teaching about how to do church without miracles, but instead, actually, we have teaching about how to do church in the context of seeing miracles happen, Right here we have another uh, uh, New Testament writer. This is James. <clears throat> James, which was not uh, one of the 12 apostles who wrote the book of James. It was actually Jesus' uh, brother, uh, half-brother, if you will. He was a son of Mary and Joseph. <clears throat> uh, became the head of the church. This was probably, probably written quite a bit later because James um, was uh, the leader of the church up until... I believe uh, uh, either at or when the Romans destroyed uh, Israel and so uh, uh, Jerusalem, <clears throat> and so he. Uh, we don't know exactly when James was written, but it was probably written later than Corinthians. Uh, could have been written uh, several decades later, and he writes as instruction to pastors uh, how to lead a church. He says, if there, any of you are sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him or her with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Wow, come on. All right? And the Lord will raise him up. Healing, supernatural healing. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. So forgiveness, healing, same thing. All right, Jesus said the same thing when he healed the, when he healed the crippled person. Uh, I don't know if you remember the story. Um, he actually said, uh, your, your sins are forgiven. Rise up and walk, right? And uh, the Pharisees got all upset. 
who can forgive sins except God? And he said, well, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. Uh, you know, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven, but to say rise up and walk, it's either it happens or it doesn't happen, right? It's made man. The, the power is revealed. The guy got up and walked, and it proved his point. Well, here, healing and forgiveness are tied together. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, this is, this is one of the famous verses in the Bible. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, right? Uh, right? We, we memorize that. Even, even the people who don't believe in miracles believe that. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much in the King James. Okay? So how can you quote that and divorce it from the line, the sentences that lead up to that? That statement is about praying for people to be healed. All right? That verse is directly addressed to a sick person being healed supernaturally through prayer. And so if you say the, the, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much, well, sure, it applies to other things than healing. But the context of that verse is for supernatural healing. So it, it's, it just doesn't make sense to say healing is not for today and yet still say that that prayer, because if healing is not for today, then the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man doesn't, isn't effective. Okay. That's just logic, okay? <laughs> That's just understanding text for what it says. And so, um, you know, I, I'm assuming all of you that are here believe in healing because you're coming to a church that preaches on healing, but I also know that we've been influenced by centuries of teaching that says it no longer exists, and we're in a culture that, that doesn't accept it readily, and so, and our, our natural default setting is, well, God's not going to heal me. I'll pray for it, but it probably isn't going to happen. And we need to change that default setting. Because God's word, because we walk by faith and not by sight, because we believe this to be true, and we're going to follow Jesus. Okay, does that make sense? That's right. right? So it's a, this is a battle. We have to press into this. Uh, and the way to press into this is understand God's word. All right, and this is a quote from a man you know, and it's not me. <laughs> the simple conclusion here, after looking at those verses, after looking at uh, uh, the Bible gives us the example of people healing that were not the 12, that uh, it, uh, it teaches that uh, healing is supposed to be part of, uh, of church life. Uh, it teaches us how to continue to, to, to do that. So the simple conclusion here is that if there's a biblical precedent for non-apostles doing the miraculous, specifically healing, after the resurrection of Jesus, if we are provisioned for doing miracles and healing, taught how to do it, how to practice it, and if we are commanded to do and expect miracles and healing, then healing and miracles are for today. But wait, there's more. All right, Here's the left hook. All right? uh, uh, there is never, ever a retraction of miracles and healing. There's no place in the Bible where it says it's going to stop. Right? And I, I addressed the verse the last time I talked about uh, when, the, when that which is perfect comes. Uh, you can listen to that. We have that on our website. Because that verse doesn't apply to miraculous healing. <clears throat> it applies to something else. Uh, 
There's never a retraction. There's nowhere that says we are to stop praying for the sick and stop expecting them to be healed. All right? And this is why. This is the, this is the punchline. Because, perhaps because it is linked with the preaching of the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's a real important point. Don't miss out. All right, the kingdom message, the message of the kingdom of God is directly connected with healing. We see this in Jesus' ministry. It says Jesus went about the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. So he taught, he preached the gospel, he preached the kingdom of God, and he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. There's a direct connection between the ministry of the kingdom of God and supernatural healing. <clears throat> the 72, which is a larger group of disciples that he sent out to go to different villages without him, train them up, send them out, and this was his commission to them. It says, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Healing the sick is part of the proclamation of the kingdom. That's right. All right? Yeah. So in one sense, if you don't see healing... You're not seeing the real proclamation of the kingdom according to Jesus' ministry and according to the people that he trained and sent out. And he tells the 12, same thing. As you go, preach. We all believe in preaching. Preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. Wow. Okay? This was Jesus' instructions to his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus? I'm a disciple of Jesus. So Jesus' instructions to me is the same thing. All right? Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We are to be imitators of Christ. Okay? Because Christ lives in us. And then the Great Commission, as it's recorded in Mark. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. We all believe that, right? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. We all believe that. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Just for the first generation or all the way. It never changes, yeah. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So healing, miracles, supernatural, it's all supposed to be part of the New Testament church. Now, yes, people take some of these verses and get wacky with them. All right? But people who don't believe in miracles take other verses and get wacky with them. All right? Seriously, that's his part. And that's what we need to take the whole counsel of the word and live it correctly. <clears throat> so why don't we see, I'm closing with this, why don't we see more healings? Well, how aware are we of the kingdom? Kingdom is the rule of the king. Christ ruling, his headship. All right, it's really about the kingdom. Uh, are we preaching it? Are we living a life that reflects kingdom living? That Jesus is in charge. Are we, uh, are we letting our lack of experience dictate to the Bible what can and cannot be? Oh, I've prayed for it a hundred times and it still hasn't happened. It must not be God's will. You've just changed what the Bible said. Yeah. So I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to continue to believe it. I'm, believe I'm clinging 
to believe. I tell chronic health conditions require chronic prayer. Don't give up. All right. Here's another little tidbit here. It's not my notes, but you know, all sickness is just a preview of death. Right? And people die because they get sick. Something, something breaks. Injury, injury or sickness is just a foretaste, a foreshadowing of death. Death is the last enemy, according to Scripture. Right? Death is the last enemy. All right? And so if you make an alliance with sickness, if you accept it and say, sickness is okay, sickness is, we'll just accept sickness, we'll, we'll be friends with sickness, then you're making an alliance with the enemy of the king. And if you're in a kingdom and you make an alliance with the enemy, you're guilty of what? Treason. Right? And this is why we never yield to sickness, because it's a foreshadowing of death, and death is the last enemy. Now, we can experience sickness and suffer righteously as a result of that sickness. We haven't been healed yet, but it's maintaining faith, and that is a, that's a virtuous thing. But there's a difference between Maintaining faith through suffering and saying, oh, I guess God just wants me to be sick, or he's going to use this sickness to do something good in me. See, that's making an alliance. And Jesus didn't never said that. He never went up to someone and said, oh, you know what? That crippled leg, that'll make your spirit stronger. Oh, your, your son died? You know, don't worry about it. It'll all work together for good. Oh, you're blind? Well, then you just need to develop better hearing. God's going to use that to develop your hearing. No, Jesus didn't do that. The Jesus I followed said, Oh, you're lame? Stand up and walk. Oh, your son died? He's back alive. Right? Oh, you can't see? You can see. That's the Jesus we follow. All right? And we don't give in whether we see it or not. <clears throat> we don't let our experience dictate what the Bible says. Uh, are we hindered by lack of faith, belief, expectation, cultural bias? That's the biggest thing right now in our culture. Uh, ministers that go to third world countries, they see much more healing because there isn't any other option. But in America, we go, well, you know, we can just go to the doctor. You know, God heal me, but if not, I have a you know, cupboard full of medicine. All right? And we don't have to press in. So we don't, and so we don't see it. Uh, prayer for healing is an act. This is what I, I, my, my bottom line is it's an act of obedience. Um, the Bible tells me to pray for the sick. I pray for the sick. If they get healed, praise God. If they don't, praise God. I've done my duty. I'm going to pray for the sick. But let me tell you, <clears throat> you'll probably never see someone uh, blind recover from their sight as an answer to your prayer if you don't pray for blind people. All right? If you don't pray for deaf people, you're never going to see one of them here. And most people that minister in healing actually pray for hundreds, if not thousands, of people before they see some of these bigger, more dramatic healings. Because they have to pray for 
They have to get. They have to overcome all of these hindrances in themselves. Okay. Uh, so, so when you see a blind person, pray for them. See, someone's sick, and this is this is. You know, I'm. I don't do this too much. <laughs> I'll just say, you know, I'm about my business. I'm busy, just like you. And uh, but I'm, uh, occasionally, I'm, I'm a little more open to the Holy Spirit. And I'll see somebody that's, you know, I'll walk in, and if the first thing they say is, oh, man, I've had such a pain in my leg today. Now, that's usually a clue for you to say, well, I'm a Christian, and I believe that God can heal. Can I pray for you? And you'd be surprised. Most people will say, oh, sure. And then you say, well, can I pray for you right now? And they'll go, okay. (laughs) And you make it short. You don't shout. Right? You just pray. You say, God, in Jesus' name, I pray healing on this man's body or this woman's body. If you touch him, just touch him. You ask before you touch him. Can I touch you on the shoulder? Uh, no. Okay. Well, God, I just pray healing. <clears throat> so most, almost everyone, in fact, everyone except one I, in particular uh, that I've done that to has said, yes, please. I would really appreciate that. And one lady in the checkout counter went, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll pray for you later. Okay. That was, I mean, that's as bad as it gets, right? Um, start praying for the sick yeah. so we can have more testimonies. And when they get healed, say, hey, that was Jesus that healed you. Uh, come to church, all right? Why don't you stand up? <clears throat> Father, we thank you that your word teaches that healing doesn't end. God, that you haven't given us just part of the package, that you've given us the whole thing, that you never change Uh, Your word does not change. Uh, Heaven and earth will pass away easier than one jot or tittle, one dot or slash mark of your word. And so we believe that.